Could you do it? I don't know if I could. What would you do if God came to you and you were Abraham? Well, I suppose I should mention at the time his name was Abram, not Abraham yet. But God comes to you and says, Abram, I want you to leave everything. Leave your family, leave your home, leave everything you know, and I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you later. Could you do that? Well, to be fair, I suppose in full disclosure, I should share that I had something kind of similar happen. My first assignment as a pastor was to go and start a new mission church in Florida, to leave everything that I knew, to leave the family my wife and I had, our home in Wisconsin. We didn't know anybody there. We had never lived there. We heard there were alligators and snakes there. This was scary stuff, especially that snakes part. But at least we had Facebook and FaceTime and phones and computers. We could connect with people. Abram didn't have any of that stuff. He didn't even have maps or, or GPS. God didn't even tell him where to go. God just said, go and I'll show you later. And here's what's incredible. In the next verse, it says, so Abram left. Just like that. No complaining, no whining, no questions. He just up and left. Is that something that you think you could do? I don't know if I could do it like Abram did. But here's the thing. Maybe you already do. Do you actually know where your life is going right now? Do you know where the relationship that you are in right now is leading? Or do you know where your job is going and what that's going to lead to? Do you know if you're going to make it to retirement or make it through retirement? Do you even really know if you're going to make it till tomorrow? I suppose you could say none of us really ever knows where we're going in life. But God knows because God knows everything and God is in control. And so when blind trust is difficult, what an awesome thing that God who knows everything gives us promises along the way. I want you to hear this promise that, that God gave to Abram to strengthen his trust and confidence in God on his journey. Here's what God says in Genesis 15 verse 1. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. You may not know where your life is going right now, but that's okay when God is your shield, when he's your protection every single day, when you know that God is your great reward, your treasure because his blessings, his promises, his love, they're, they're with you as your treasure and your prize every single day. You may not know where life is going at the moment, but like Abram, you can trust that God is always your shield and your very great reward. It's almost inevitable. Almost every single night it happens. We tell our children, it's time to get ready for bed, and we get the whole, what? No! Yeah, it's time for bed. Go brush your teeth, hop up in your beds. Can't we just stay up a little longer? No. Oh, fine. And yet, every single night, a few minutes later, it's almost inevitable, like clockwork, I look up and there is my eight-year-old daughter with big old puppy dog eyes. Daddy, can we please snuggle? Okay, fine. 
And sure enough, before I know it, there she is 10 minutes later asleep on my lap. Now, why in all the world would she do this? Why would I do this and and change something that I said? Well, it's really very simple. One thing, love. My daughter knows that I love her so much and she can be bold and she can be confident and she can even beg sometimes. And I love her so much that, that sometimes, okay, almost all the time, Plans will even change. When was the last time you were like this with God? Have you begged and pleaded with the Lord before? It's actually okay for you to do this. I want you to think about Abraham for a moment. Abraham was told by God that the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah had incredible wickedness. And God said that he was going to destroy the cities the next day. So here's Abraham, and he boldly goes to the Lord, and he begs, Lord, please, if there are 50 righteous people, 50 believers in Sodom, will you please spare the city? And God says, okay, fine, I'll spare it. But then Abraham comes right back to God and says, Lord, I'm being bold here, but would you spare the city for 45? And God says, fine, I'll spare it. But he keeps coming back. Well, what about 40, Lord? What about 30? What about 20? And every time, God says, fine, I'll spare the city. Until finally, Abraham comes back one last time and says, Lord, please, don't don't be angry, but I'm going to plead. Will you spare the city if there are 10 believers, 10 righteous people? And God says, fine, I'll do it. Now, why would God allow this? Even though God knew what was going to finally happen because he knows everything, why would God allow Abraham to do this? Why would Abraham be so bold as to play, let's make a deal with God? Well, one simple reason. It's love. Abraham knew that he had a dear father in heaven who loved him and treats him like his own dear child. And because God loved Abraham so much as his dear child, he was willing to even change his plans. Although, of course, God knew what was going to happen in the long run. This is how your prayer life could and even should look. It's okay to beg and plead with God. Go ahead, wrestle with God in prayer. Plead with him for mercy, for love, for strength, for wisdom. You're not bothering God. You're trusting in him. God is your dear Heavenly Father and you are his dear child. So go ahead, be bold, be confident, wrestle with God in prayer, just like Abraham, because you know God loves you and God will listen. God sure knows how to lay it on thick sometimes. The Lord came to Abraham with the ultimate test, to sacrifice his son. But I want you to listen to how God said this to Abraham. He said it this way, Abraham, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. A burnt offering was a a sign of complete and total dedication and devotion. But did you notice how God said that? Take your son, your only son, whom you love. Of course, Abraham knew all that stuff. God was just making the challenge more difficult for him. Quick backstory here on Abraham and Sarah. They were very old, and not only that, 
Sarah couldn't even have children. But God had come to them and said, you're going to have a child, the promised child. And what is more, through that child, all nations on earth would be blessed. This was God's promise of a Savior that would be coming through that child, Isaac. I want you to think for a moment, what would it be like if you were Abraham and you finally had that promised child and God told you to sacrifice that son? Or what do you think it would be like to walk up Mount Moriah and to look Isaac in the eyes as your son says to you, uh, hey, Dad, we, we got the fire, we got the wood, but uh, where's the lamb? What do you think it was like to tie up his son or, or to place him on that altar? How much do you think Isaac was squirming or, or whining? What do you think it was like to raise the knife, ready to plunge it down into his son until finally God said, stop, stop, no, no. Now, Abraham, I know that you love me and you fear me. I bet if I asked you, what has been your greatest test of faith? I bet you would have one or two things come to mind right away. Maybe it's some family struggle or problem, something with your kids or, or grandkids. Maybe a job or a job loss or you just can't kick cancer from your family. Sometimes there are a lot of tests that come our way. But I want you to think about, about this. There's a woman I know, she was struggling with a lot of things. She had marriage problems. Her children really struggled to listen to her. She lost her, her brother tragically in an accident. She never knew if she'd have enough money for rent or, or to put food on the table. You want to know what I said to her? The Lord sure must love you a lot. And here's why I said that. The Bible says often, the Lord disciplines the one he loves. Even when he's testing you in faith like with Abraham. And so here's the conclusion to the Abraham story. God provided a ram that was going to take Isaac's place as a sacrifice. That ram actually foreshadowed Jesus who took our place. But not everyone knows the other conclusion to the story. It comes in the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 11. There we're told that Abraham actually reasoned in his mind that God would raise his son from the dead. Can you believe that? So Abraham knew that God made a promise about his son. He knew that this son was supposed to bring the promise of a savior and he knew that God can never break a promise. So he just figured, well, if I sacrifice him, I guess God will just raise him from the dead. Now that is incredible faith. The next time you have a great test of your faith, trust that God will use that to bring you closer to him. Trust that God is going to use that to strengthen your faith. But more importantly, like Abraham, trust God will never break a promise to you. You know, sometimes I read the Bible and I see all these great people, these amazing people like Noah and Abraham and Moses and David. And I think, wow, look at these people. God literally calls them heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. And here I am, I'm just a zero of faith. I mean, after all the things that I've done in my life, I'm glad if God even loves me in the first place, which thankfully I know he does. But not so fast. For all these great, amazing heroes of faith, we find plenty of things in the Bible where they've done things wrong too, or as God would call them, sins. 
In fact, every single hero of faith has had their moments where they've been absolute zeros of faith too. Did you know Moses and David murdered people? Did you know that Abraham and Jacob and David and Solomon and a whole pile more totally abandoned God's plans for marriage and had children with other women? Many of them had multiple wives. Solomon had like 700. All these people had their moments that were very low. And Abraham in particular, here's a man who was considered a hero of faith because of his faith. And yet, interestingly enough, there were times when that's exactly what he struggled with. He rolled the roller coaster down to low moments. Abraham's weakness seemed to be taking matters into his own hands. Not once, but actually twice, Abram had a run-in with a king, and he was worried that the king was going to steal his wife. And so he concocted this plan where Sarah would be called his sister so he could protect her, not trusting that God would do this. Well, even after Abraham got in trouble the first time, he did it again another time. Or maybe more famously, when God promised that Abraham would have a son, he took matters into his own hands. He took Sarah's maidservant Hagar and had a son first with her, a son named Ishmael. You know, there are reasons that these stories are in the Bible. The Bible is not God's hall of fame for perfect people. It shows us God's people as they truly are, warts and all, sins and all. God wants us to see that you're not the first person to ever struggle in this world. You aren't the first and you won't be the last to waver in your faith. You aren't the only one who has fallen into temptation. You're not the only one who has fallen from the Lord. God wants you to see in his word all of these people throughout history that he has showered with love and forgiveness. And God wants you to know that just like Moses and David and, and Abraham, he loves you too. Be like Abraham and know that you can be a hero of faith too, not because of how great your faith is, but because of how great your God is. Just like all of these people in the Bible, you trust in a merciful, loving, forgiving God who has grace on you in our Savior Jesus Christ. Imagine that you're waking up tomorrow and you're kind of wiping the, the crusties out of your eye and you're, you're waking up gradually and, and you grab your phone and you start scrolling through, catching up on some news. Of course, you start your day with your time of grace, devotion, and you take a look and all of a sudden a notification pops up. Oh, what's this? A deposit in my bank account. I didn't really do anything to earn any extra money. Don't know what this is. Is this a scam? So you, you take a look at your phone and, and you log in and, whoa, that's so many zeros I can't even count it. I don't even know what that number is. It's like a bajillion dollars or something. And sure enough, you find out later that you have a long, distant, far-off relative who passed away and deposited into your account a treasure, an inheritance beyond what you could even count or fathom. Incredible! You know, this week we've been talking about Abraham and what a great hero of faith he is. And God tells us in the Bible that it's not because he did anything special, but simply because God gave him this incredible grace and blessing by faith. I want you to hear this verse. It comes up a lot in the New Testament. It references back to Genesis 15, verse 6. Here's what it says. 
Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abraham knew that he didn't do anything special. He didn't deserve any of these wildly awesome promises that God made to him. He just simply believed what God said. And so in turn, God deposited into his spiritual account all this righteousness. That's a fancy way of saying a right relationship with God. God put it into his spiritual bank account. You might feel right now that you're kind of running on empty in life. Like you're just crawling along, barely hanging on by a thread. That's okay. Because you're just like Abraham. You trust in God's awesome promises, the promises that he makes through his son, Jesus Christ. Oh, and guess what? Jesus is your long, far-off, distant relative, your brother who came here to this world and took on human flesh just like you and I have. He's the one who came and, and lived and died for us, and because he won a victory at the cross, he has deposited into your account, your spiritual bank account, all of his righteousness, all of his love, all of his forgiveness, it's all yours. You haven't earned it, you haven't deserved it, but like Abraham, it's yours by faith. Sometimes you might feel like you don't have much going on in life, but guess what? Like Abraham, you're a hero of faith, not because of what you've done, but because you're rich in Jesus. You simply trust God's promises and he credits it to you as righteousness. That is your eternal treasure and inheritance now and forever through faith in Jesus Christ. Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here from Time of Grace. Hey, thanks so much for taking your time to listen to this message. We would love so many other people to hear about this message too. So if you could think of someone in your mind right now that could use this, we would love for you just to take a moment and share it. Um, that's essentially how people hear the good news of Jesus, believe it, and find eternal life in his name. Thanks for sharing and have a great day.